In 2020, New York lawmakers and Governor Andrew Cuomo repealed Section 50A of the state civil rights law, which had been used to shield police disciplinary records from public view. With 50A repealed, the NYCLU filed FOIL requests for police disciplinary records in Troy and throughout New York State, but it did not succeed in getting some of them, especially here in Troy. We had NYCLU supervising attorney Bobby Hudson on Hudson Mohawk Magazine back in July to talk about some of these lawsuits that were filed to get access to these records. Well, now they have just won the lawsuit here in Troy. Bobby, congratulations. And I was wondering if you can further recap what happened since we last talked to you regarding this police transparency win in the NYCLU versus the Troy PD. Sure, absolutely. And thank you again for for having me on to talk about this. The NYCLU back in 2020, after Section 50A was repealed, and these documents were supposed to be made public. These are misconduct records, records related to what happens when someone goes into their police department and says, you know, something happened to me that was wrong, that misconduct occurred, investigations should flow from that, et cetera. And of course, previously, all these records had been secret statewide pursuant to 50A. So we went in and in Troy, and as you said, in about, you know, a dozen other places around the state that, okay, well, 50A is repealed, please give us you know, several decades of your misconduct investigation records and your disciplinary files um, so that the people of these communities can see what does this process look like? What does accountability look like in my community? And in Troy, very similar, unfortunately, to what happened in a lot of places, the department basically threw up a bunch of different barriers and tried to say it didn't have to turn over the vast majority of these documents. And in this case, similar to to many other police departments, it was arguing, okay, 50A doesn't exist anymore, but what I can do is rely on these other freedom of information law exemptions. Uh, there's There's an exemption for unwarranted invasions of personal privacy. And they were saying essentially that the release of any disciplinary files or misconduct investigation records where the Troy Police Department itself did not impose discipline would constitute an invasion of privacy. No portion of it could be turned over. This prevented us from knowing how many complaints had been filed in Troy over the last 20 years, what happened with them, how long they were taken to be investigated. This is an argument that a lot of places have made, and you know, we explained in this lawsuit why it, it has to fail. When the, when the legislature in 2020 took away 50A, it also amended our FOIA law specifically to get at these words. It said law enforcement disciplinary records, exactly these things, including complaints, allegations, things that, you know, might not have resulted in discipline are exactly the type of records that the people need to see to understand what accountability looks like in their community. You know, we made these arguments before the court. Court processes take quite some time. And we are now at a position (laughs) two and a half years after we made our, our FOIA request to start getting these documents. So we got this great decision in Troy. And what it means is all of these documents um, disciplinary files, misconduct investigation records, regardless of whether Troy itself decided to impose discipline on an officer, need to be de- turned over. In here was particularly gratifying and also indicative of what's going to happen around the state, because what it did is it relied on some other cases that the NYCLU brought against Syracuse and Rochester that have made it up to the appellate courts of New York State, the appellate division, where similar police departments' arguments were made 
And that higher court rejected them and said, you cannot use privacy exemption to shield misconduct allegations and investigation records. That's, that is not what you're allowed to do in this post-50A repeal world. And lower courts around the state are now bound by those decisions out of the Fourth Department of New York's Appellate Division, which is a, an, an appellate court in Rochester. So here in Troy, we're, we're really excited to you know, finally get at this particular set of documents for the people of Troy and to make them public. Um, we don't know yet if Troy will seek to appeal the decision. So Bobby, does that mean that you actually haven't gotten your hands on the documents as of yet? Absolutely not. So this decision came out yesterday. Um, you know, Troy has the opportunity if they want to try and appeal this decision up to that, you know, inter that appellate court. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly hopeful that they won't do that because, of course, there are now cases that have gone to those appellate courts <laughs> where we've also won. Um, so it, really, at this point, they should they should be turning over these documents, um, doing it quickly. Um, you know, one feature of this case in Troy is that the judge also ordered that Troy pay, you know, attorney's fees to the NYCLU, a, you know, demonstrated series of delays, uh, missed deadlines, you know, self-imposed deadlines that Troy, you know, missed in terms of turning over other documents or getting us responses um, that led to us having to file the lawsuit in the first place, you know. It was particularly egregious what happened here, and the judge, in recognizing that, ordered that Troy not only turn over the documents, um, but also, you know, is responsible for the fact that this lawsuit needed to be brought in the first place. And when you first filed the FOIL request, um, it seemed like uh, John Salka and the city was going to comply in some way. They they were saying it was coming at specific dates, and then that date would come, and then it would say that it was too much information or mm -hmm. um, too big of a request. Is this a similar thing that happened in other localities as well, or is this sort of specific to Troy? No, unfortunately, it's something that we've seen a lot around the state. In addition to sort of throwing up a kitchen sink of legal arguments, saying we don't have to turn these over, we've seen a lot of places you know, sort of slow roll production and delay and delay and delay. And I'd say with, you know, over a dozen requests that the NYCLU alone has made around the state, I can think of very few places where they've like fully completed their productions. And so it is an, an unfortunate fact that delays, missed deadlines, um, and, you know, other types of barriers to, to release of this information are a pretty common feature of these types of requests. Bobby, you all have had other wins. Uh, for the release of records throughout New York State. What are some sort of like broad stroke takeaways in terms of filing these lawsuits regarding police transparency? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a frustration, right? An initial frustration that the promise of 50A, which was basic information that go, that allows the public to have an informed conversation about accountability, right? Like this is, this is just the first step. This is information that people need so that they can see what does discipline even look like in my community. A big picture takeaway is a lot of disappointment and frustration that the promise of 50A, what the legislature intended to happen back in the summer of 2020, and what the people of New York were calling for, is still, you know, really unfulfilled in a lot of ways. I think there's 
positives to be taken from the progress we've made and the really important legal victories that these cases are slowly starting to add up. And as I said, now that we have a higher level court decision that is binding on all these lower courts, there is a hope that things will keep rolling and, and agencies will really start complying more and more. And so there's a gratification and a vindication that judges are recognizing 50A was repealed. You cannot be throwing up these types of arguments and trying to reinstate 50A under some other name and keep this sort of shroud of secrecy over all these documents. There's a lot of positive to be taken from the fact that that's what's happened in Troy, that that's what's happened in so many of our cases around the state. But, you know, for the people in these communities who've wanted to see these documents for decades and who were entitled to them back in June 20, I think there's reasonable and understandable frustration that it keeps taking so long. As we start to wrap up here, is there anything else that we should know about this win with Troy? Or I know, obviously, you said they have the opportunity to appeal it, but when we might actually see these documents produced? We will know within the month whether they intend to appeal. And if they don't, we will come up with a schedule for them to turn over documents. So there's a little bit of uncertainty about how quickly it could happen once, you know, if they do decide to go ahead and turn them over instead of appealing. Um, but I'm happy to keep you updated. Hope is that this happens as quickly as possible. That's for, and we want to make it as productive and as as open to the public as soon as possible as it can be. The judge did order the parties to come back within 30 days of his decision um, to talk a little bit about that attorney's fees issue that I talked about. Um, so at the very least, we know that we'll have some answers and we'll be able to be coming back with you know a sense of how this is going to proceed within the month. Um, but again, these things take a little bit of time. And so we're just going to keep pushing forward and hope that the documents come out as, as soon as possible.